Do you find yourself wishing you had more energy, healthier habits, or fun family activities? At the YMCA, you can find your passion, find family fun, and find your happy place, all while supporting your community. Join the Y in March with a $0 enrollment fee and enjoy motivating group exercise classes, heated pools, pickleball, and so much more. Visit YMCADC.org to learn more and to find your nearest Y in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia today. Welcome to Millennial 626. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. We're a day late because Pam lost her power. Damala, Pamela. (laughs) Oh my God, Pam. Why couldn't you go out and just control PG&E on your own? Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I would have done everybody in California a favor if I could do that. (laughs) What happened? Something with a drone? No. Okay. No, that's just like assumed. So... I don't know why the power suddenly shut off, but uh, I did see via the neighborhood app or website, whatever it is, that people were mentioning that they had seen PG&E drones inspecting power lines as early as late last week, which makes sense because we are approaching wildfire season or we're kind of already in it. And they obviously don't want another huge mishap like they've had these past few years and um, most likely it's going to be a similar situation to last year where they'll they'll turn off hotspots. So we're kind of all just bracing for that. Oh. But it was definitely an, unexpe- an unexpected interruption. I think we've spoken about this before, but you really need solar. I know that's probably expensive, right. but that would probably we're, solve a lot of problems, right? Yeah, we're looking at um, most likely getting a generator soon. So oh, that's, good. that should help. Nice. But yeah. um, And I think most people are. I mean, like the Costco's out here, they always have the generators right up in front now. <laughs> because they know it's an issue. <laughs> we know y'all need it. Here yeah, you go. It's like, we, we know why you're here. So uh, that it's just going to be interesting. wipes. Right. Yeah. So yeah, just navigating all of that um, insanity in the middle of a pandemic because we'll still be in it when when we reach peak fire season is going to be super interesting. Yeah. Well, also speaking of super interesting, um, this broke just before we started recording. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is in the hospital again no she need like i love her rbg stop doing this to us please for the love <laughs> of god it's been like she's had cancer twice in the last couple of years she like fell and broke a rib another time yeah. and yeah. she's she's a fucking bamf like yeah she's she, a trooper she'll go to the hospital and she'll be like out in two days and be like i'm ready to go back to work and i'm whereas for me i have a bad period and i'm like oh no i can't go back to work i'm out for a week yeah i just i i admire her but i'm also just like please don't not yet not yet Yeah, it's like what do you need do you need a spleen i'm sure we could find one for you yeah she's got to hold out for like four more months girl you can do it you can do it but every time on twitter when i see rbg and health my heart skips a beat. I'm like, oh, Same. no, I don't want to read the rest of this tweet. Okay, I will with one eye open. <laughs> okay, she's okay. She's okay. Yeah, that's that's really important. And we know what would happen if, God forbid, she passed or had to leave the court. They would try to get through another nominee, despite what um, Turtle said 
when Obama was still president. Mitch McConnell, that's his name. Right. Turtle McTurtleton, congressman <laughs> of the Galapagos. Um, yeah, no, I think that he would be totally above board and be like, guys, you know what? It's an election year. We shouldn't do this because we might have a new president next year. No. <laughs> He would not. <laughs> we would not. That would be like the best thing to happen in 2020. Whoa, Mitch kept his word. <laughs> Moscow Mitch. He would not. Yeah, of course he wouldn't. No. But um, there was also, of course, some very serious and sad news last week. Naya Rivera from Glee, um, one of the big stars on Glee. She went missing. And then on July 13th, they found her body in a lake where her and her four-year-old son had been boating and swimming. It took a few days for them to find the body. Just so, so sad. It doesn't look like it was any foul play or anything. She just drowned. Um, apparently, the water was was rough that day. And we heard from the police that apparently her and her son were swimming, and then she was able to push him back up into the boat. And then her son said he turned around and just saw her go below water. So she sacrificed her life for her son, and it's just so tragic. And the outpouring of support and emotions that we've seen online has just been really, really sad. But it also just brings up the fact that the cast members of Glee have run into a lot of issues over the years. We've now lost three of the original stars, and there's been this talk of the show being cursed. And... I don't know if I believe in curses or not, unless it's around Halloween. But all I think you need to know is that three young adults from this show who have starred in Glee have now died in their 30s. This doesn't happen. Something is up. And they found Naya's body seven years to the day that Corey Monteith died. That is just mind blowing to me. I feel like as human beings, we are naturally drawn to try and make connections so that we can make sense of things. Mm -hmm. But we're definitely going to dive a little more into this in After Dark because we wanted to use this as a springboard to kind of go down the internet rabbit hole of conspiracy theories, um, just because it is kind of a slippery slope. And it's really interesting to see when you start having these kinds of conversations, where you can end up. Um, I have an example of a time that I went down the internet rabbit hole when I was mm -hmm. researching serial killers, and I somehow ended up watching Sharknado because of it. And I could not even begin to tell you why. Um, so that's what we're going to do today in After Dark, and it should be really good. But we'll also talk about um, whether it's helpful to ascribe something like a curse to what has happened I know. so tragically to the Glee cast. It, it does feel slimy, but you really just have to wonder at this point. And Pam, I know we're going to discuss this more later, but Pam, like, what's your take on all this briefly? Is something up? I don't think anything purposefully is up, but it's just, it's just this dark cloud that you can't avoid now hanging over this well-beloved series. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's not it's not really normal. Like it doesn't happen. Often exactly. When you see that. So I, I understand why those comments um, come up or why that's the initial reaction people have, you know, because it's shocking. I think even when we were talking about this, um, when the news broke because of Hypable, we, I think I was just like, 
I hate to say it, but like it feels kind of like it's cursed, you know? Yeah. I, think I think that's a that natural was... reaction. And I don't think there's um anything nefarious about it. Um, but I understand why people feel as though it's in poor taste. And I know we'll get more into that in After Dark. But the only thing I'll I'll add for now is that Entertainment Weekly published an article online like days after Naya went missing and before her body was recovered, asking if Glee was cursed. And that was insensitive, I felt. Why speculate like that while she's still missing, you know? It just felt like a desperate play for clicks and to get people talking. Mm -hmm. Then you had a lot of um, publications uh, posting, you know, editorial pieces like, no, Glee is not cursed. So how do they know? Did they talk to a witch? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but but you know what I mean? It's like, there, yeah. it's still cliffbaiting, even if you're, you know, tr- trying to do something good, I guess. Yeah. Rumor control. Glee is not cursed. We checked in with the publicists at Fox and it is definitely <laughs> not cursed, no, y'all. Glee is not cursed. Yeah, uh, that's that's stupid, too. You know what else is stupid? Uh, taxes are due soon. As a matter of fact, they're due the day after we record this episode. Um, as we all know, taxes, uh, the tax deadline was moved from April 15th to July 15th. I actually, for the first time in my life, filed my taxes like two months early because they moved the deadline. If they hadn't moved the deadline, I totally would have been like 11.59 p.m. on April 15th. <laughs> um, but I wanted to get my stimulus check. And I'm like 99% oh. sure that's why it was oh. being held up. <laughs> Oh, that's right. You were wondering where yeah. your stimulus check was. And you were like, well, shit, I guess I better file my taxes. And then it came in, right? Yep. So you only paid early because you wanted that check. You would have been filing right yes. after we recorded tonight if you didn't. But, you know, I think that even though they didn't say that, I, I think that most people were thinking along those lines, Laura, because that seemed to be kind of the common denominator, right? Mm-hmm. The people well, that had already filed just got theirs really quick and... Yeah. And technically, they were like, if you filed in 2018 or tw- or for 2019, you'll be, you'll be eligible. And of course, I filed my taxes last year. So I should have been eligible without needing to file first. But it was very interesting because I filed and then it was like grease fucking lightning. They were like, here's your <laughs> stimulus payment. Assholes. You're a good American now. Here's your stimulus. <laughs> it's like, okay, here, take my money. I guess I'll have some money back now right yeah. yeah did you file pam or pay mm-hmm. yeah and that's pay? why i got my stimulus check okay probably. so you did it a while ago i filed because when i file it's also a part of hypable media so my accountant does it and she is, is not a procrastinator so she does it pretty early but i did not pay since the deadline was extended to july 15th and then oh, with, I should have done that. <laughs> yeah, you you didn't have to pay right away. Oh, At least well. you don't like you're supposed to, but you don't have to. The IRS has a lot of people to keep track of. They're not gonna care if you don't pay right away. That's, but then that's a good point. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> wow, is how I just I, I need to talk to you so I can learn how to uh, milk the system for all it's worth. Apparently. <laughs> I'm one of those people who's like, don't pay the government. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so is Laura, usually. (laughs) I know. Yeah. While they were holding her check hostage. I'm actually very pro taxes in a lot of respects because I like things like public schools and paved roads and hospitals. Yeah, those things are libraries. You know, I I appreciate all of those amenities. Um, However, I 
I very much am reticent about paying this government. (laughs) I thought you were going to be like, I very much like paved roads and schools for children, but use somebody else's money, not mine. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not a Republican. (laughs) And so I delayed paying until I was working on getting this loan for this place in Vegas. And they they were like, "Okay, let's see you filed your taxes. I was like, here you go. But I haven't paid yet. And they were like, oh, you're going to have to pay before you can close. Like, oh, fine. Good luck to everybody who's paying taxes this year. If you're uh, a side hustler, if you're a subcontractor, we know that you really get fucked this time of year. So Godspeed. Hopefully you put some money away. And uh, planned accordingly so you can pay those taxes. So we have a lot to get to today. We're going to check in with the Rona Roundup and Trumpster Fire 2020. We have some interesting stories there to discuss. And then later, we're going to talk about TikTok and the U.S. apparently thinking of banning it, which if they want to lose the young vote, um, they should definitely ban TikTok. And we also have some feedback. Somebody is pointing out that they said a couple years ago, they predicted via our confessional that I would end up hating Chicago. So we'll talk about that. And then after that, we'll talk about Karens, the Karens of the world. So it's a jam-packed show, as you can tell. But first, this week's episode of Millennial is sponsored by Talkspace. And this week, they wanted us to talk about change while discussing their app. And I was like, wow, what timing? Because I'm about to go through one of the biggest changes of my life moving cross country. Change is constant, isn't it? But these days, it feels like there's something new to grapple with every day. We may all be adjusting to this new normal, but it's still stressful. It's important to talk about it and seek out support. Talkspace Online Therapy is here to give you that support because we all need it right now, whether or not you're going through any changes in life. I know that it's great to have a third party who I can speak openly to. They're kind of like a crutch whenever I need them. It's very easy to get started with Talkspace. Match with a licensed therapist from the convenience of your device no matter where you are. Reach out to your therapist 24-7 from phone or computer, and you'll hear back five days a week. And you tend to hear back within the same day, possibly even the same hour. They are really good at keeping the conversation going. And like I said, you can use any device. During the workday, I actually keep the Talkspace tab open in my browser. It's like being able to IM with my therapist. And this is five days of therapy a week. But one month on Talkspace costs about the same amount as a single in-person therapy session. With Talkspace, you can send unlimited messages to your therapist. That means you never have to wait to share what's on your mind. It's like having a friend you can text, but this is a person who is trained to help you. The bottom line is that we all need to talk sometimes, and Talkspace wants to give more people the support we deserve at a price we can afford. As a listener of this podcast, you can get $100 off your first month on Talkspace. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com or download the app. Make sure to use the code M-I-L-L to get $100 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's M-I-L-L and Talkspace.com. All right, so it is time now for the Rona Roundup. Bring out your horses. So the additional $600 a week for unemployed Americans ends at the end of July, right, Laura? That is correct. And it's really bad timing when you consider the fact we still have 
um, between 30 and 40 million people unemployed who are still Mm -hmm. depending on this money, Um, especially when you're looking at states like Florida, Texas, Arizona, that are all becoming hotspots. Even my home state of Georgia is starting to teeter on the edge. I looked at a map the other day, and it looked like almost every county in our state was either orange or red. Um, Florida has definitely crossed that threshold. So Mm. this is just a bit of a gut punch. I know it's not something that could, you know, it couldn't be indefinite, but I think Mm -hmm. that pushing this through the end of the year would have been more appropriate. I know that House Democrats were trying to include that in the second round of stimulus that is allegedly eventually coming. Um, Mm -hmm. But that is not being um, not being forwarded on. And it's very unfortunate because when you look at just base level state unemployment, it's nothing. You can't live on that. Like here in Georgia, the maximum unemployment payment you can get per week is $360. Yeah, that's nothing. That's the maximum. And so if you're somebody who hasn't been paying into unemployment for a very long time, you're not even going to get that. How are you, how is somebody supposed to pay rent mm-hmm. when they're only getting 360 a week? Yeah. It's untenable. The big talk is that in the next stimulus package, the Trump administration wants to cap the benefits so that workers don't receive more in unemployment than they did at their jobs. And I've actually heard from somebody who employs other people who has told me, and I can see why the Trump administration wants to do this. There are some people out there, not everybody, but there are some people who have decided to stop coming into work because they make more from the unemployment checks than they do at their job working part time or maybe even full-time at these places. Well, that's more of a commentary on the fact that people should be paid livable wages, right? Yeah. No, of course. Of course. Um, But the Trump administration is arguing that it incentivizes people to not go back to work. So, yeah, there, there are a lot of issues here. You know what else incentivizes people not to go back to work? Being in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> hey, it's true. It's true. I don't see this 600 continuing. Oh, no, it's not. And Pat's somebody who has been unemployed because of the pandemic. And um, he I've been telling him, you know, you got to keep up with this Grubhub side hustle because this money is not going to continue through the summer. Maybe there will still be, I don't know, $300 checks a week or something. But yeah, he'll still get state unemployment. Um, But there are some other proposals that have come out of the Trump administration um, they're trying to shift to less of um, an aid model and more of an incentives model. And this is all because they want to get people back to work and make it look like the economy is fine. Um, so Larry Kudlow, who is um, a senior economics advisor to the Trump administration, or to President Trump. Um, He actually was talking about this on Fox Biz a couple of weeks ago. And a couple of things that he mentioned were a payroll tax and capital gains holidays. Um, Just so we're all on the same page. These only benefit rich people. They don't help poor people. They don't help middle class people. Um, 
They're also talking about tax cuts for tourism, since tourism um, as an industry was pretty heavily impacted. They're also talking about tax cuts for restaurants, um, entertainment, and the athletic industry um, in order to encourage people to have these events and spaces open where many sweaty people can congregate and cough on each other because that's a great idea. And um, the ultimate thing that they're pushing for is this idea of a return to work bonus. So they want to pay you a few hundred dollars to expose yourself to the pandemic. They better also be paying for my hospital bills if I get it. You know they won't. (laughs) I know they won't. won't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Meanwhile, theme parks in Japan are urging guests who ride roller coasters to avoid screaming in hopes of fighting the spread of COVID-19. So they demonstrated this with a video, and there's this video in which two guys are on a roller coaster, and it's going up and down, twisting and turning, you know, a big roller coaster, and they're just sitting there silent. And um, apparently the act of screaming can emit thousands of respiratory particles that can significantly increase the risk of spreading an infection like coronavirus. And in this video, um, they urge people to scream with your heart. Scream inside your hearts. Uh, there's a wonderful <laughs> meme. I'm sure we've all seen it. That's circulating. That's like, well, guys, we found the motto for 2020. Scream inside <laughs> your heart. Are you guys screamers on roller coasters? Hell yeah. I, I will if like the person I'm with is screaming, I guess. But I don't think okay, I go out of you. my I don't think I go out of my way to be like a roller coaster screamer. That's me, Pam. I only <laughs> scream if I'm with someone else and they're screaming. I don't get why you scream on a roller coaster. Because it's fun. If it comes out suddenly, you know, that that's okay, I guess. Because I mean there's <laughs> there's a little bit of like tension and nervousness and excitement that's all wrapped up in you as you're being flung around on a roller coaster. So the screaming mm-hmm. is cathartic. You're like letting all of that excitement out as you fly through the air at 60 miles an hour. It's really fun. (laughs) Listening to Andrew and I saying this stuff and going like, okay, boomers. (laughs) Like, no screaming on roller coasters. (laughs) You kids, stop screaming on the roller coasters. Everybody should be quiet. I can see Andrew on a roller coaster just holding onto the armrest and just staring straight ahead. Okay, but to be fair, Andrew doesn't really like roller coasters anymore. That's true. Exactly. You don't. The the last time I went on an intense one was the Hulk at Universal Orlando, and I only went because I was there with somebody I liked, so I wanted to impress him, but I did not want to go. I lost feeling in my hands and feet, and that's what happens every time I'm on a roller coaster. Maybe because I'm so tense or something, I don't know. But if I am screaming on a roller coaster, it's because I am screaming for my life. I feel like I am going to die. Not because it's fun or to let it out. I mean, well, if, maybe that's why everyone else is screaming too. I think that's valid if you're riding a roller coaster at like your county fair cuz that shit's not safe. But major theme parks that that stuff's designed by like structural engineers and stuff. Like that, that stuff's pretty safe. Mm, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> when I'm on like a simple roller coaster though, like um Big Thunder Mountain at Disney, I will scream scream air quotes. But I'll just be like, ah, ah, because I'm not into it. Like, I'm into the ride, but I'm not into screaming. But everybody else is screaming. Yeah. I mean, after this, it's going to be weird to ride a roller coaster and know that, like, those 
like water droplets that everyone emits when they talk or cough. They're all coming back at you <laughs> as you write. Uh, that's a good point. Uh, Scream inside your heart, y'all. <laughs> Um, well, speaking of screaming inside our hearts, uh, this really sucks to report, but this past weekend on, it was either set, oh, it was Sunday, um, Florida reported 15,299 new cases in one day. This was an earth-shattering record <laughs> of new cases it's, of coronavirus. It was worse than any record in New York, I yes. believe, right? Also, 52 Florida hospitals have maxed out their ICU capacity. And uh, there are a lot of old people in Florida, y'all. And a lot of Republicans who don't want to listen to these guidelines from the CDC. Right. Um, And additionally, California has reimposed restrictions on restaurants and indoor activities in light of the influx of cases. Pam, I was wondering if you could weigh in on that. I don't know. I think that it it really depends county to county how people feel about California shutting down again. I definitely know people that are out in like Orange County that are very upset by this. But Orange County has been acting a fool about restrictions anyway. Um, I personally, from what I've seen, feel like these restrictions are necessary because even if we hadn't have, you know, spiked again, it was just very apparent that people were getting super loose with the social distancing rules, um, especially out in like restaurants and stuff like that. And on the golf course, I live near a golf course. And even with all that space, people were definitely not um, social distancing from what yeah, I can see. California's so. been an example of uh, a bungled plan because right. they started reopening everything too quickly. LA was a big problem too. They started rolling things open very fast and then look what's happened. Their cases, their daily cases have been skyrocketing. So, and I mean, this is just going to keep happening over and over again, I think. Right. Cities are going to try to reopen, hopefully slow, really slow, and then cases are going to start ticking up again and we're just going to do the same thing where things get shut down again. It's just going to be the circle until a vaccine is available. And and I believe that that there's a little bit of there was a little bit of wiggle room when things were starting to reopen because I feel like we did as a state move from phase two to phase three super fast, like a lot faster than I thought we would have. Um, but even um, a lot of the counties, my county included, and then some of the counties around us were delaying things already, like um, like the opening of, of hair salons or nail salons. I will say mm. that Atlanta has decided to go back to phase one. <laughs> Um, because it's getting pretty bad here. And also, um, uh, Governor Cuomo offered assistance to Mayor Bottoms here in Atlanta. He's like, hey, Bottoms. Yeah, you're (laughs) Bottoms. Yeah. That's so sidebar. If she were selected as the VP nominee, I can't get it out of my head that it would be Biden Bottoms 2020. And I'm just like, (laughs) (laughs) like it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter. It's so juvenile. No, of course. But peop- Grow up, Laura. People suck. That's all I'm saying. Anyway. Biden bottoms. Um, yeah. So he was basically like, sorry, your governor sucks and isn't, isn't offering his capital city any assistance. Let me know what you need. I got you. 
So <laughs> the fact that we have New York stepping in to try and help us here is emblematic of where we're at. And then the Trump administration has been throwing Dr. Fauci under the bus. They've been pushing the, these conspiracy theories that the Democrats and the CDC are trying to tank the economy to hurt Trump's reelection odds. I mean, it's just embarrassing. If we can't listen to the scientists and the experts, what are we even doing? What's so embarrassing about this is Trump is like the king of fear mongering. And he could have gotten his base into a tizzy about this whole thing. He could have convinced them that it was super dangerous and he could have gotten Mm -hmm. them on board because they'll do whatever he tells them to do. He could have shut the country down for like a month, sent everybody the same stimulus check that they got, given out all the same payroll loans that they gave out, shut the shit down for a month, and then we would have effectively had it behind us or at least been way better off than we were. And then they could have reopened the economy. And by now, we would probably be on the other side of this, like most of the developed world. And he would have re-election sewn up. Like, Mm -hmm. if that had happened, I'd be like, he has it in the bag. Yeah. That's really the embarrassing thing here is that this could have, like, the writing was on the wall and it could have been prevented from being this severe. And if anything takes him down this year, it's going to be this. And it's ironic that he's trying to push this conspiracy that it's the Democrats tanking the economy. (laughs) When he's tanking everything. It's like I said a a few weeks ago. He can only see a day ahead. He can't think a month ahead, two months ahead. So rather than shut things down temporarily because he knows it's going to hurt the short term, he's fucking over the long term. And we're never going to get out of this. And this brings us to Trumpster Fire. And Donald Trump got fucked by SCOTUS again, and we actually spoke about it in a new installment of Breaking News, which is available on our Patreon. So if you want to check that out, you can. But then there was another SCOTUS ruling, right, Laura? Yeah, so this one didn't get very much attention because it came out on the same day as the ruling on Trump's tax returns. But the Supreme Court also ruled that much of eastern Oklahoma is Native American territory, which could reshape the criminal justice system by preventing state authorities from prosecuting Native Americans for offenses that occur on their land. Mm. This is pretty huge. Um, I mean, it's it's recogni- it's literally federal recognition of territory that has belonged to these tribes and that we have, you know, consistently over decades overstepped our bounds and tried to take advantage of these people. Um, so this just, it, it, I think it's a, you know, it's a big moment for these tribes that have been fighting so long for their autonomy. Um, so it was really good to see, especially after the discussion we had last week about Mount Rushmore, um, which, of course, in a different part of the country, but a lot of the themes are very similar. Mm-hmm. Additionally, Trump and his secretary of education, Betsy DeVos, are threatening to withhold federal funding from schools that do not reopen this fall. Um, This is, again, part of the Trump administration's sham to make it look as though our economy is functioning and everything's doing okay. And that schools are reopening. Well, it's because you forced them to. 
Right. Um, and we actually have a clip of a pretty embarrassing moment for Betsy DeVos on Chris Wallace's show. On Fox News. Yeah. Under what authority are you and the president going to unilaterally cut off funding, the funding that's been approved for Cong- from Congress, and most of the money goes to disadvantaged students or students with disabilities? And secondly, isn't cutting off funding exactly the wrong answer? Don't you want to spend more money to make schools safer, whether it's with with plastic shields or uh, health checks, various other systems. It doesn't make more sense to increase funding <laughs> for schools that where it's unsafe rather than cut off funding. Look, American investment in education is a promise to students and their families. If schools aren't going to reopen and not fulfill that promise, they shouldn't get the funds. Then give it to the families to decide to go to a school that is going to meet that promise. Well, you can't it's do that. I mean, I know, I know you guys support vouchers, and promise. that's a. I know you support vouchers, and that's and that's a reasonable argument. But it, you can't do that unilaterally. You have to do that through Congress. Well, we're looking at all the options because it's a promise to the American people, to students and their families, and we want to make sure that promise is followed through on. Just go to another school, kids. Well, what? Yeah. Um, also, I just love that he's correctly pointing out to her, you can't just do that. This funding is approved through Congress. You can't just take it. And she's like, well, we're exploring all options. So like what, they're going to step in and be like, fuck you, Congress. I mean, I wouldn't put it past them, but it just shows the complete lack of awareness as to how like basic civics works right also didn't we put a stop to busing like a while ago mm. you know mm-hmm. and yeah do you know what i'm talking about yeah, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. like with yeah with parents not being because if they have money not being just allowed to pluck their kids out of certain school districts and put them in others um it, it doesn't work and all it does is is defund areas where uh you know families that don't have enough money to do that then suffer the consequences because mm. when all this is over, like those public schools will then, you know, they won't have the funds to continue on. Right. And the irony here is that they're trying to make it sound like if schools don't open, that kids aren't going to get educated. And that's not what it like. Schools are many school districts are prepared to go online. In fact, legally, they had to be prepared for this because part of the um pandemic preparedness office that was started under President Bush and continued under President Obama, school districts and colleges were required to have a contingency plan for if we had a pandemic. So this is something they should already have. Now, they might be underprepared because the Trump administration tore that office to shreds when they got in the door. But that is something that many school districts were preparing for, not to mention there are school districts across the country that have preparedness plans for other kinds of natural disasters should students not to be, not be able to come to school. So the fact that they're talking about refusing funding to school districts that are prepared to go online, they need that funding in order to support that infrastructure. And I just don't know how, as a parent, you would be okay with letting your child go back to school right now, knowing that your child is going to be bringing home germs from hundreds of kids Mm -hmm. every day. 
Of course, this is something they already deal with, and and sicknesses run through schools. I hear about this all the time because my mom and sister both work in schools. But right now, this seems incredibly irresponsible and suicidal, frankly, for the Trump administration to be pushing kids back into school. I don't know how anybody could look at this and be okay with it. Well, I think they're able to be okay with it because... (laughs) Unfortunately, I mean, this gets into an equity issue in our school systems, but schools receive funding. It's very complex, but it's ultimately based on property values and property taxes. So if you live in a more affluent area, chances are you're going to have better schools. So Mm -hmm. it's really going to be the kids from poorer neighborhoods who suffer as a result of this because their schools probably won't be as prepared. Their schools probably won't get things like, you know, plastic shields to prevent kids from spitting on each other or like extra cleaning supplies or frequent deep cleanings of the school. They're not going to get that. And Mm -hmm. I think she, I heard something a few days ago. She very flippantly said, well, only like 0.28% of children will die from coronavirus. And I'm like, That's your excuse. You're like, well, only a small number of kids are going to die. So I think it's worth it. You learned nothing from the TV doctors that said the same thing three months ago and then got dragged. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these are the same people who, you know, are okay with a classroom of first graders getting gunned down if it means that they get to retain their Second Amendment rights. So I don't know why I expect better. And and the same people who are pro-life. Yeah. No, no, no. They, they're pro-birth. Let's be clear. Pro-birth. It's, it's pro-birth. Yeah. After that, you're on your own with your life, kid. Yeah. Right. Pull yourself <laughs> up by your bootstraps, you lazy shit. Finally, um, a few days ago, Trump commuted Roger Stone's sentence. Um, we'll all remember Roger Stone was under investigation in connection with the Mueller report um, about potential collusion with Russia during the 2016 campaign. And it was found that Roger Stone had a lot of, uh, he had dealings with certain um, Russian officials, and he also had advanced knowledge of the WikiLeaks um, major leak that really um, was the beginning of the end for the Clinton campaign. And he was, he was convicted of committing a federal crime and Trump has commuted his sentence. Now, this is different than pardoning him. He did not pardon him. Um, Roger Stone is still uh, a convicted felon. And I think what that means is that if he came out and started spilling tea at this point, he could still be arrested because he hasn't been pardoned. And so I Mm. think that this was probably very strategic on behalf of the Mm. Trump administration. It just seems too coincidental that he was supposed to report to jail in like a week, and then all Mm -hmm. of a sudden his sentence gets commuted, so he doesn't have to go. Um, But Robert Mueller actually, um, in a rare moment of, I don't know what to call it. I don't want to call it like partisanship, because it's not partisanship. But in a rare moment, I think for him of 
sort of laying his cards on the table and showing how he really feels about how this has all turned out, he wrote an op-ed for the Washington Post. And in it, he said Stone was prosecuted and convicted because he committed federal crimes. He remains a convicted felon, and rightly so. And in that op-ed, he also went on to defend his investigation from the numerous criticisms it's received from the Trump administration. Bunch of other Republicans are mad as well. Mitt Romney came out with a tweet over the weekend. He called it unprecedented, historic corruption. An American president commutes the sentence of a person convicted by a jury of lying to shield that very president. Um, you know, Mitt Romney, he's been a critic of the president, and I thought that was a pretty damning tweet from him. Before we talk TikTok, it's time for a word from another of this week's sponsors. If you're looking to drown out the president, or if you're working from home or working on your fitness, you want what you're listening to to be what you're listening to, not what your roommates, neighbors, or significant others are listening to. Pat and I, for example, we walk around with our wireless earbuds in all day because he's listening to podcasts and I'm usually listening to music and we don't want those to cross because I need to focus on my work. I can't be hearing some other voices. So he wears wireless earbuds, I wear earbuds, and we're good. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds because they are so much nicer than dealing with wires. But before you go dropping hundreds of dollars on a pair, you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. You already know Raycon earbuds start at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market, and that they sound just as amazing as other top audio brands you know. Their newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds, are their best ones yet. With six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and a more compact design that gives you a nice noise-isolating fit. These are a game-changer for me. The fit is so great on these that I wear them to bed and have no discomfort as I sleep on my side. There's no tangled wires, and for me, they fit so great in my ears that I'm able to fall asleep with them in. You've heard me talk about how the company was co-founded by Ray J, and celebrities like Cardi B and Melissa Etheridge are obsessed with Raycons. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash M-I-L-L. That's buyraycon.com slash M-I-L-L for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com slash M-I-L-L. So Pam, what's been going on with TikTok? A little TikTok drama. There is some TikTok drama, and uh, TikTok could actually be the Trump administration's next target. At least it's looking like that. Um, they're actually looking into potentially banning the app. And the news of this kind of broke uh, suddenly out here in America. And it comes from Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, who spilled the beans during an interview with Fox News. Um, he said that he didn't want to get ahead of the president, but that it was something that they were considering. And specifically, they're freaking out because uh, since the company that owns TikTok is a Chinese company, they're worried that the data mining that happens on this app could be feeding over into communist China. And and that's how they're going to be getting all of our information. And that's how they're going to, uh, you know, bring on the demise of America. Uh, so 
After he dropped this bomb, the Fox News correspondent asked if Americans should download and or keep the app on their phones. And he said, only if you want private information in the hands of the Chinese Communist Party. So that's basically (laughs) where we're at there. Uh, TikTok, of course, released their own statement in response, reiterating that they are led by an American CEO and also that they have hundreds of employees and leaders working out of the U.S. And they also said, we have never provided user data to the Chinese government, nor would we do so if asked. But it's not just the Trump administration that's a bit weary of TikTok right now. Uh, I think, Andrew, you wanted to bring up that Amazon also is a little bit worried about what's going on. It looks like it because they were ready to release a letter to their employees telling all Amazon employees to delete the TikTok app. And this letter leaked and then they retracted it. They said, oh, no, sorry, that was just a draft. We weren't ready to get that out there. But if you wrote this letter, you were intending on telling all Amazon employees to pull the TikTok app from their phones. Now, I know you also have this Washington Post report in here, and it says it doesn't pull any more info than Facebook does. However, if Amazon and also Wells Fargo, they told their employees to delete it from their work phones, if big companies like Amazon and Wells Fargo want to have employees delete the app, they must really think that this app is an issue. <sighs> Do Amazon and Wells Fargo necessarily have the best track record track record when it comes to ethics and protecting people's data. But what do they have to gain from telling people to delete TikTok? Their employees are distracted by TikTok, but they're they're distracted by a lot of things on their phones. I mean, I suppose they could be, I mean, it could be an abundance of caution, but I mean, looking, I think, Pam, you have a list of all the things that TikTok um, collects in here. And it just, to me, seems like a bit of an overreaction, um, which I would expect from companies that have maybe not had the best track record on this themselves. Are you guys comfortable, though, using an app based out of China? I mean, you probably use a lot of apps. Yeah, I was going to say. I don't think I do. You don't think you do? Like what? Isn't WhatsApp? Uh Uh-huh. But it's owned by Facebook. That's different. Facebook. <laughs> like well, we have our I own mean, we have our own homegrown app that's super shitty with people's privacy. I'm under no illusions that people could be tracking my location despite what Apple tells me. I'm just saying TikTok has a has has a history of being very suspicious. We also found out recently that they check your iOS clipboard, your copy paste clipboard a lot. A lot. Now they're claiming that's a bug and they're going to fix it. But Apple is exposing this. And a lot of apps are also being exposed now that this is built into iOS 14, which is now in beta. I don't know. There's just too much heat on TikTok for me to be comfortable with using this app. So I don't actually have an account. I just lurk. I just pull it up and watch whatever's trending at Mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know that I would necessarily be at risk for some of these things. It collects, what specifically but... does Washington Post say is being collected, Pam? So from what they gathered, uh, it collects a log of every video you watch and how long you watch it for, all of the contents of your private messages on the app if you're doing that, your country location, your internet address, types of the type of device you're using the app on, and then with permission, it'll also gather your exact location, 
your phone's contacts, your other social network connections, your age and your phone number. Um, so again, this kind of feeds back into uh, what the Washington Post found in their reporting, which is that it doesn't really grab much more personal information than what you would give Facebook access to. Mm-hmm. And I mean, um, it's- the, the real concern, though, is just, um, I, I guess, like where the information is going. So uh, if you're interested in this, I would definitely recommend checking out this Washington Post article because they break it down really well. And in their findings, they discovered that the uh, information stays in America and Singapore, but then they also stress that there's no telling whether that's bouncing other places, you know, after mm-hmm. that. And I guess that that is the concern here. Yeah, no, I I think it's a valid concern, but I feel like if we're going to have that concern about TikTok, we should have it about any other form of social media because it's all the same Definitely. shit. Yeah. Like I said, I'm under right. no illusions that I'm totally secure on my phone. I think they probably get lots of information that none of us realizes is being handed off to them. Information that they can turn around and then sell. I think Jemima said it best in our Discord right now, and I think this is probably where you two come from in terms of using it. She said, for the amount of joy I get from TikTok, I'm happy to pay for it with my privacy. That's what it comes down to. (laughs) Yeah. By using Gmail and Facebook and Twitter and TikTok and Instagram, we're giving away our private information so they can sell advertising and make some money off of us. I I do think, too, like it's just a a trigger, right? Like the idea of China, especially in the way that the Trump administration talks about China as this huge threat, it will automatically raise red flags. Now we saw the same thing happening with uh, the app, uh, the face app app. I don't know if you guys remember that it was the one where you could like turn your face really young or really old. Uh, But then there was a whole concern about the fact that that app was coming from Russia. And so Russia was mining our information. So this is not our first rodeo with situations like this. Mm -hmm. But you're right. I I think that ultimately what it comes down to is that people feel less secure um, when the apps are not based out of America. But that doesn't mean another country can't hack into like Facebook and steal all the information anyway so they have and i'm just i i don't know i feel like some of it's rooted in a little bit of like the red scare mentality (laughs) of Mm -hmm. like 100 i don't want the communists to have my information like man (laughs) if you use the internet i'm sorry but someone somewhere in china in russia here wherever the fuck also has your information Mm -hmm. if you're not into it don't be on the internet. Yeah. And I mean, we as podcasters, we kind of agree to hand over a lot of our personal information just based on what we say on the show. Well, I mean, not even that. I mean, like, Andrew, you're always talking about making sacrifices for the show. A few months ago, I don't even know if we're going to do any with anything with it anymore. But you asked Laura and I to download an app that was going to track our location. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I never turned we that did off. It. I didn't ever that, turn it off either. I deleted it. Joke's on both of you. Oh, what an asshole. <laughs> the app was called like Hey or something. It was a spinoff of I Snapchat, remember, wasn't it? But I'll it? turn it off now. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and delete it. We downloaded this app because it was going to track how much time you spent at home. And I thought it'd be fun to discuss on air how much time we all spent at home. But then like it wasn't working for me or I don't know. I just... Because, like, I would walk down the street and it still thought I was home. So it wasn't getting as precise of a reading as I was hoping. Um, so, yeah, I kind of scrapped that idea and didn't, didn't bring it up again. But you two should delete that app because I did. 
Andrew can still stalk me. I mean, the bottom line is just be careful. I'm still not going to download TikTok. We thought of playing a game on an upcoming installment of the Variety Show on our Patreon in which I would be forced to download TikTok and then we were going to recreate TikToks. Maybe we'll still do that down the road. I'll do it. I'll make a sacrifice for the show for doing it for the Variety Show, but I'm avoiding TikTok. I'll watch the videos on YouTube and Twitter when people re-upload them. Well, Andrew, if you ever download TikTok, you'll have to be careful because you'll start getting targeted advertising from the Communist Party of China. (laughs) (laughs) Andrew, we're not tracking you. It's going to be one of my custom ads. On to some feedback now. We got this tweet from Steve the other day. I'm the guy who sent in a confessional a couple years ago saying Andrew would secretly regret moving to Chicago and miss his old lifestyle. Andrew said fuck you to me on the show at the time, but I think my perception was spot on. Okay, A, did I literally say fuck you? Because if so, I apologize, Steve. Second of all, I went into our email and I did find this confessional and he wrote exactly what he said in this tweet that I would end up regretting moving to Chicago and missing my old lifestyle. And then I replied to his tweet. I said, can you explain why you thought I would regret it? Where were you? (laughs) Why didn't you warn me a couple years ago before I moved? And he said, must have been my gut feeling slash intuition based off my psychological understanding of your mind. Acquired from years of listening, you thrive more in the sun and summer vibes, not a cold city. What did I just say a couple of minutes ago? We do make sacrifices on the show simply by speaking. <laughs> this guy thinks he knows me. I mean, clearly he was right. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah, just didn't. I, nobody else told you, but I think Laura and I, I were both like, that's an interesting choice for you. Like I said last week, I think I moved to Chicago because it was closer to home. I didn't see any other good options. I didn't want to move to the desert. I didn't really know anybody out there. And one good thing about um, Chicago is that I did meet Pat and now I'm comfortable moving out to the desert because I'm with somebody and I won't be totally alone out there. You know, Chicago has a great gay scene, like I mentioned. LA, of course, does as well. New York, but I hate New York. So, all right, Steve, you're right. Props to you. Do you have any advice for me now? Do you have any warnings for me about Vegas or the Southwest? What if he replied to you and was like, I think you're going to hate Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) Based off my psychological understanding of your mind, I think you're going to hate Vegas. (laughs) No, but I do appreciate this. And call me out. I love when people call me out. So thank you for writing in, Steve. So we did get a confessional. It says, yesterday I was called into a meeting with... It says, Andrew, you're making a mistake moving to Vegas. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) Yesterday I was called into a meeting with my supervisor and department head and was told they would be letting me go because they do not think I'm a good fit for the position. I've been at this job for 10 months now and I have very mixed feelings about this because although it was hard to hear their criticisms of me, I was slightly relieved. When I started this job, I thought I wanted nothing more than a stable nine-to-five office job in my field. After a few months, I realized this is not the work lifestyle for me, but I chose to stay for the sake of having an income and a job in the field I'm interested in. 
Now I feel free from being confined to a desk all day, but of course, I'm a bit anxious and nervous due to the time we're living in. Thankfully, I have a very supportive husband who re- who reassures me we will be fine. My dream job would be to become a documentary and conservation photographer, and although I'm starting from zero, I feel like this was the push I needed to go for it. I wanted to share this for anyone who's at a job they're unhappy at. We're definitely living in crazy times, but nonetheless, life is too short. Money comes and goes. I understand that everyone's life and circumstances are different, and it's not always an option to pursue your passion. It can feel scary, but I think you owe it to yourself to try. I love this. Yeah, this was a good one. Yeah. One door closes, another one opens. Everything happens for a reason. You can use this as an opportunity to springboard into something you're really passionate about. I also really liked that um, you're, you were very self-aware, like you were talking about, they didn't think you were a good fit for the position. And it sounds like you kind of felt the same, right? Just based on the fact that you're relieved. Um, man, if that's a way to get laid off, that's probably the best story I've heard. (laughs) Yeah, that's fantastic. I also recommend reading some self-help books now. Like You Are a Badass, which I recommended a while ago by Jen Sincero. Some of these books are just really good at inspiring you to pursue your passion and will make you feel really good about your choices and your future. And good luck. Yep. I think that's really exciting. Okay, before we move on to a game and wrap up, Pam and I have a word about our newest sponsor, Anastasia Beverly Hills. With all the work from home Zoom meetings we're in lately, it's great to be able to work in pajamas, but it's also great to have a quick and easy makeup routine in place. There are a few beauty musts, and one of them is definitely brows. Brows can transform your entire look, and Anastasia Beverly Hills can definitely help because they are the number one U.S. brow brand. The advantage of Anastasia Beverly Hills is that they have different products to serve different needs. If you're like me and don't have the fullest natural eyebrows, the brow definer may be for you. It has a triangular tip so you can easily outline and fill your brows with one product, and it has a spoolie on the other end for blending. They also have the Brow Wiz, which is great for detailing your brows by adding extra natural hair-like strokes to further define them. Pam, I know you're a fan as well. Yeah, so I am a huge fan of the five-minute face because I don't always have a lot of time, and brows are something that I will usually forego for the sake of time because it feels like it should be really tedious. But like Laura was saying, uh, these products by Anastasia, they are such a time saver, and the learning curve is super easy. So even if you've never you know, tried filling in your brows before, you really can't mess it up. And I I just love that it's so easy to do and so easy to incorporate. It takes zero time and and you, it just completes the entire look. So 10 out of 10 would recommend. Yeah, I also, if I'm going to neglect any part of my makeup routine, it's going to be brows. And I have to say, I was really thrilled when I got this because it is so easy. Um, I typically don't do my eyebrows for the show because I'm usually crunched for time, but I actually did them today. And I was Ooh, like, they look oh. good. I was like, oh my God, they look so amazing. And my face looks not different, but it just, it looks nice. And I observe, Pam, yours also look great as well. Yeah, I also did my brows for yep. the show today, just, <laughs> just for this ad Aww. read. 
And y'all know we're big fans of self-care and treating yourself on this show. So of course, we have a code if you're looking for your new favorite brow pencil. Head to AnastasiaBeverlyHills.com and use promo code M-I-L-L to get 15% off your first order. That's A-N-A-S-T-A-S-I-A. BeverlyHills.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order using promo code M-I-L-L at checkout. I was very excited about this sponsor, Legit, because I always hear about them on RuPaul's Drag Race. Anastasia Beverly Hills. So we decided that we wanted to play uh, a new game called the Karen Game. And with this, we've all researched Uh, our best examples of Karens that we have found out in the wild on Nextdoor or on Facebook or in the comments of some random news post. And we're going to do dramatic readings of these Karen posts. And we're then going to assign our performances a one through five, um, one being least Karen, five being peak Karen. And ultimately, whoever gets the most points uh, wins the Karen award for the episode. Which is, I don't know, ruining someone's barbecue. That's the award. (laughs) (laughs) And Karen, just for anybody who doesn't know, just so we're on the same level here, it's just, it's somebody, usually a woman, who is out of line, just being a real bitch, and just needs to find better things to do than yell at people. And I found my Karen in my neighborhood next door. Now, I used to have next door. It's a community for every neighborhood on the planet, basically. Um, and then I deleted it because people in there were so annoying. But then I re- re-downloaded it for the show today. Hopefully, it's not a Chinese app. And like within a few posts, I found a good Karen one. And this was posted over the weekend. This was from Mary. If anyone knows this woman, please apologize to her for me. Dear neighbors, I was going towards the building I live in at blah, blah, blah. And saw an older woman with two lovely, well-groomed dogs, one black and one brown. From my angle, it looked like she pushed our garbage bin into the alley for some reason. I yelled at her, asking why she did that. She said it was stuck open and she was trying to close it so rats didn't get in. I was mad because it was blocking the alley and I had to push it back into place. Please, if you know her, I am so sorry. I send virtual hugs to this sweet woman and ask her forgiveness. I feel really bad about yelling at her. Bitch, why do you yell at her in the the first place if you're already regretting it? Wow. (laughs) I'm so confused. Is she okay? Yeah, this was a wild trip. It's like she was mad and then she wasn't. She didn't believe the neighbor's story and now she did. I just, I... And then felt and like the, people, the need to draw more attention to herself. <laughs> right, by posting about it on Nextdoor. Nobody was yelling at her for this, but I was like, bitch, what is wrong with you? That is very strange. She wanted uh, to get ahead of call-out culture, I think. <laughs> Maybe. She, did, <laughs> she wanted to post before that person posted. All right, so let's rate this one. Uh, one to five. I think I'm going to give this one a two. Like you didn't like it? No, Fuck I you. no no no. It's not that I didn't like it. It's just in terms of how Karen was the Karen. Like how much mm. of a Karen was she? I I'll put this at a three. It's right in the middle for me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because the- Pam didn't want my Karen wrath. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew's like, excuse me. A two. My Karen is the best Karen. Um. Someone no, in the I Discord think... said apologizing is not a Karen trait. Yes, so exactly. Yeah, but, yelling, but she but apologized. Is, 
right. and then quickly apologizing. She, well, she learned apolog- the error of her Karen ways. <laughs> like it's still annoying as shit. Like she's still clearly mm. a Karen. There's no question about it. But does she rise to the occasion of a woman in Central Park threatening to call the police on somebody right. for asking her to put a leash on her dog? Okay, so this is kind of a, a two-parter because I, I found my Karen in the comments section of a Facebook post <laughs> dedicated to the county I grew up in. So <laughs> this is the original post. Um, this person said, hey, thanks to reading these posts, I'm really getting educated about the new social mores in this county. I've been gone for a while from there, and I really like this Facebook page for the connection to the thinking there. But I'm confused. I just learned that a Karen is a white hippie woman who thinks she knows it all. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is a Jessica and a Brandon the millennial version of this character? (laughs) So this guy got a lot of responses. But the one that really took home the gold medal for me was from this woman who, unprovoked, decided to comment with, What names can be used to brand entitled non-white women, say Blacks, Latinos, Asians, or can only white Gentile women be branded like cattle and publicly casually mocked? Is that the new tolerance? Oh, this is a five. (laughs) Straight five. Like, she went, she went, like, full-on unapologetic racist. Five. Yep. Yep. White women have uh, had it pretty easy, lady. Right. So we're, they're being we're made fun of okay. for a while. <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't worry. This too shall pass one day. But yeah, that was a good one. I'll give it a five as well. Okay. Good job, Pam. Pam, your thank yours you, is the you. score to beat. You have a perfect score. <laughs> I, I can only thank this um, this Karen in the county Facebook group. <laughs> I, I have no Karens to thank. That's my problem. There haven't been many Karens recently around yeah. here, apparently. Well, the, the funny thing, here's the thing about Karens is that even if you live or you're from a liberal bubble like I am, you just you're not immune. Like there's they're everywhere. Truly. They're everywhere. We joined, uh, Pat and I joined the Facebook group for the neighborhood that we're moving to. And Pat was like, wow, there's some people in there complaining like they do here in Chicago. I was like, you're going to get those people everywhere. Everywhere. (laughs) There's always, always going to be some entitled moms who are bitching about something in the neighborhood. Mine also comes from next door. It is titled in all caps, Black Charger with Tinted Windows. (laughs) While walking my dog several times this week on Peachtree, I've seen a black charger, I believe, or something that looks very similar, cruising up and down the road. Be on the lookout. I think they may be up to no good. This was about 10.30 a.m. today and in the late afternoon the other days. That's it. That's all she posted. Racist. That that was that was really good. I've seen a couple of those types myself. Just like this broad description of something. They have no reason to suspect that there's something wrong other than it being a black person or in this case a suspicious vehicle for no reason. Mm-hmm. I'll give that um I'll give that a 4 just because that Karen didn't really dive into details. Yeah, I'll I'll also give that a I 4, think- but it was close. Yeah. But it was a very good reading. <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you. I actually so I trolled this woman on next door. Like Amazing. this was this was <laughs> ages ago. Part. This was ages ago. Um, but I just remembered this one because I interacted with it. And <laughs> let me find what I said. 
I said, I will surely be retiring to my bunker this eve to safeguard myself from the dangers of cars with tinted windows driving down the street. (laughs) And she replied and was like, laugh and make fun all you want, Laura, but at least I'm not sticking my head in the sand and doing nothing. (laughs) What the fuck? Okay, that makes it a five. No, this no, is no. a Russian we, bot. We already scored it. We already scored it. Good. But like, you should have submitted that evidence. I know. You should have. You should have gone two-parter like I did. <laughs> That's I got great. a lot of likes on my on my uh trolling comment though. Like you told like I told you guys on Slack, uh I'm gonna start flagging some of these Karen comments I see, and then we can all of us should do this and then save them for the show if we yeah. find any particularly yes. good ones. Yeah. This and is we like can the new also... fuck off Cupid. Yeah, we can also provide the disclaimer that there are many nice Karens out there. And, of course. you know, it's not your fault that a bunch of bitches, a bunch of middle-aged white women somehow happen to have this name. It's not I know your fault. Karen and she's the nicest person ever. Yeah, I've only ever personally yeah. known nice Karens. Yeah. And she's always apologizing for <laughs> being a Karen, not not being a Karen. Is this hypable Karen? Yeah, hypable Karen yeah, is like she's sweet as can be. And yeah. she's always like, I apologize on behalf of all Karens. It's not your fault, nice Karens, no. that your Karen of a mother named you Karen. <laughs> hey, Karen was a very popular name in our mother's generation, so... All right. So before we get to recommendations, just want to say thank you to everybody who is supporting us on Patreon recently. Everybody loved Muggle Suck last week. A lot of people pledged to our Patreon to to hear the tea. It was a great time. We're going to try to do more of those because we know people love them. In a few weeks, we'll probably do like a Muggle Suck AMA to answer some more questions. And by the way, Laura and I streamed a new edition of the Variety Show on Monday night. That's available on Patreon now for $5 patrons and higher. Um, We did spill some more Muggle Suck tea. We didn't go into crazy details, but we did spill some some good new tea uh, that people in Discord were excited about. So do check that out. Thank you to our newest patrons, Teresa, Parker, Amanda, MH, Amy, Erica, Melissa, Gerd, Carolyn, Alicia, Madeline, Taryn, Nicole, Gail, Maria, Stephanie, Kiana, Kat, Venus, Namisha, Josue, Jenny, Anthony, David, Chelsea, Katz, Stevie, Nicole, Emma, Martina, Matt, and Robert. Thank you. And there are more, but we're going to read them next week. Thank you to everybody who has pledged. We deeply appreciate it. The people have spoken. They love Mugglesuck, ladies. I know. I guess we're just going to have to change the show perspective. All Mugglesuck all the time. (laughs) (laughs) So coming up on today's After Dark, we're going to talk more, like we said at the top of the show, about things being cursed. And we'll talk about some other alleged curses so that'll be interesting patreon.com slash millennial your support keeps the show going so thank you so much to everybody who supports us you get access to our discord so you can chat with us in real time as we're recording you can watch us record you get access to after dark of course you get access to hashing it out and a whole bunch of other things so thank you thank you thank you okay time for recommendations i thought i would recommend ready player one this is a great book And the reason I bring it up is because the author, Ernest Klein, just announced Ready Player Two, obviously a sequel. It's sci-fi. It's loaded with pop culture references. It's got a good love story. It's very nerdy. Check it out. A very good summer read. 
Don't watch the movie. I didn't like the movie that much, even though it was directed by Spielberg. Ready Player One. Yeah, the movie was not good. Um, I would like to recommend um, just keeping track of all the potential runoff elections that might be happening in your state or county over the next few weeks and months. Um, there are some that are happening sporadically throughout the fall. And given the current pandemic, it's obviously safer for you to apply for an absentee ballot if you can. In most states, you have to apply for your absentee ballot at least 30 days out from um, the election. So just be sure to do that. We have a runoff coming up here in Georgia on uh, August 11th. So I have already sent in my absentee ballot for that. Got a sheriff runoff. New sheriff in town. Anyway, gone. <laughs> um, and I want to recommend Avatar: The Last Airbender, the series, not the shitty live action movie that we do not speak of. <laughs> I'm probably the last person in the world to finally finish this show, um, but I finally watched it with a bunch of friends over Netflix party over the course of the last few weeks, and wow. I totally understand why people rave about it and keep going back for more. I am so impressed with the writer's room and all of the detailing and the story arcs that went into making it. Um, really mad at myself for taking so long to watch it, but it's fine. Um, and if you haven't watched it yet, you should do that because it's really good. All right. Sounds good. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email millennialshow at gmail.com or use the contact form on millennialshow.com. And of course, we have the confessional there as well. And also follow us on social media. We are Millennial Show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Bonus recommendation for today's closing song, this new Katy Perry song, Smile. Pam, do you like this bop? Um, not really. Just came but out. <laughs> what? <laughs> to play uh, yeah. Honestly, from the second it started, I was like, this is a bop. I'm in. Maybe, maybe I'll, it'll grow it. on me, but I was unenthused. <laughs> oh, man. All right. I know she's had a rocky track record lately, but I thought this one was great. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Bye. Yeah, I'm Felt so fake, not myself, not my best. Felt like I failed the test. But every tear has been a lesson, rejection. Can-